Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 152, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! It's a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's a shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck, fuck Fox News, fuck, fuck, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck, 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 fuck Sexton, fuck Whatever. Ben Shapiro, fuck Tucker Carlson. It's Friday, September 25th, 2020. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. And now we're standing thigh to thigh. Isn't this year a shit surprise? Just when I thought it all was trash, you go and save a Baja Blast. That is courtesy of Cookie Smut, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Uh-oh! Ready or not, here we come, Jack and Miles, 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 gonna find you and hot take boldly. Not, we ain't done. Y'all can't hide. Hide, hide, hide. We'll remind you. Be kind, but angry. You can't run away Ooh. from this election day. No, baby. Say, baby. We might have to take the streets. Oh, yeah. Okay, so shout out to Christy Yamaguchi, May, for reading the room, knowing that the score, we know what the score is. It's Fuji mm. time. Because uh, we might be refugees in our own fucking country uh, in a few months. So, shout out to you for that and uh, everybody who's been submitting great AKAs. Good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Danny Fernandez. Oh, it's me. It's a me, Danio. It's a me. Hey, Danio. How you doing? How you living? I know. Wait, we don't ask that question. Danio. Don't how's ask that question ask how anymore. You're doing anymore. How's the air yeah. quality where you're at? I mean, it's like because every time we, ha- it's like a terrible habit. I'm trying to relearn just being like, your health is good. <laughs> how are you holding up? Yeah. How how are you? Yeah, there's there's a but couple of ways. That's not a yeah. fun question to be asked either. How are you holding up? Because it like right. implies that you should have a negative response, and then it's just like sets things. Jack, off are you on. saying people should be happy right now? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I'm just yeah. like, guys, cheer up. Come just on, turn on your turn PlayStation that frown Switch down, gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn on your PlayStation Switch. <laughs> Throw your PlayStation Switch on. Play uh, Sonic Crossing. Play some Metroid. Uh, <laughs> so. Danny, uh, yes. it's great to see you. Yeah. What's new in your life? What? What's new in my life? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. I'm working on some things that I can't really talk about. So Hell I guess yeah. that's I like very, that. you know, that's great. staying busy. What else? Um, my dog, which if you follow me, she's the love of my life. Um, she's 13. So I feel she is a diva. I think yeah. of her as one of the golden girls, to be honest. I mean, yeah. She has their personality. That's so, what, 91 human years, right? Yeah, like, isn't that crazy? She's yeah. my elder. She definitely oh, is like, I don't have to listen to you. Right, Which right, golden right. girl is she most like, though? Maybe Ooh. Blanche, I feel like. Damn. Okay. All right. Blanche, Blanche is a classic. It. Yeah, Blanche. Yeah. I mean, they all could. It. I love the gold. That's when I was like, yeah, yeah. you know what? Age ain't nothing but a number because wow. I'm feeling all these golden girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Estelle Getty can get it. Yeah. Estelle Getty. Estelle get it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is We've wrong? been in Estelle quarantine too, wrong, too long. I'm uh, one to talk, though. I'm always long, like, 
I'm always like, man, Mufasa, like. Yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the For amount sure. of people who've been tossing uh, Lola Bunny memes my way, I'm like, yo, Lola come on, Bunny, Roxanne. Yeah. Jack Skellington, which is like scary to me. Um, but I'm into him. I think it's his baritone voice. I think that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Wait, who's? Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, which is really Danny Elfman, right? Was well, he's voice? the singing voice. Oh, he sings Miles. it right, right. Because I, I look. I went. I made. Well, not that made the mistake. I don't. I haven't really watched a lot of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, as a kid, I saw it like twice, and then I went to the Hollywood Bowl like live version, mm. and I was like, "Oh shit, Danny Elfman!" I'm like, "This motherfucker is like doing the most right now. Like, this is all <laughs> about him." And I was like, "This is." And then he did like some old school. What was uh-huh. the band? Oingo, he was Boingo. In? Yeah. Oingo, Boingo. Then he did an Oingo I Boingo track, and yes. I was like, "Okay, bruh." We didn't come here. That's whatever. a great song. Danny Elfman. I know he, well, it's funny to me that he doesn't do the regular voice. It's like Chris Sarandon or something. Uh-huh. Um, and cause I think like his, like you said, I mean, rightfully so he is a, a, a decent ego and I would, I would be every Jack, but he's just his singing voice right. for people out there. I mean, look, he's he's composed enough of the classics that I, you know, I couldn't really be fully disgusted. But it was a side of Danny Elfman I was not. <laughs> Do you guys remember uh, going back to the Golden Girls? A <laughs> a story? You were, is like that a, what you were talking this whole time because yeah, you were thinking about Golden Girls? I was Girls. just looking back because I remember Estelle Getty being like there being a thing where people were like, actually, she's much younger than the rest of the Golden Girls. She's like the young one, and they just make her up to look old. Uh, and turns out she was old. She died of like natural causes when she was eighty in two thousand eight. Oh, um, so 85. there's a couple of cases like that where the women will be. Wasn't there one with like Superman or something? I can't remember the actress where like in one film she was. I don't know if it was Henry Cavill or somebody, but she was like dating him, and then the next film she was his mom. His mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do Diane rem- Lane. I think. Oh, is that was, who it was? Yeah. Well, I just know Diane Lane was playing his mom in a movie that it was just like, Woof. I wow. mean, he would be lucky if she was Lois Lane. What uh, I do love, speaking of Diane's, Diane mm-hmm. Keaton in Something's Gotta Give, where Keanu is into her. I yeah. am so into oh, that. Yeah. Right. He's like just smitten. And I'm like, yeah, she has her life together. She's not like these other. She will smite you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that uh, wonderful... Uh, you know, with her wonderful hat game, too. You know, she keeps it consistent. The gloves, man. I saw the her gloves, at St- Cafe Stella once in the back corner, and I was like, who's this Diane Keaton-looking motherfucker? It was <laughs> Diane Keaton. <laughs> Do you say that she, Well, she had, like, the hat on and the glasses <laughs> and, like, her, like, you know, diet Lagerfeld kind of black and white monochrome vibe. And mm. I was like, this fool is trying to steal her whole flow. And... Then I like kind of was like, hold on, like it's it's actually a really good version of this cosplay, and I was like, okay, that, that's Diane Keaton. Well, I think she's so smart. It's like you can't guess my age if you can't see any part of my skin. Yeah, right. that's so how like Anna Wintour like, is too. Yeah, she just has the turtleneck up to the top. She has like the big, huge sunglasses, the gloves. Yeah. So like you can't, my body doesn't touch the sunlight. I am technically immortal. I'm preserved. So I'm preserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much of aging is sunlight. Just stay away from the sun. Avoid the sun, beloveds. Um, (laughs) All right. We are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment, Danny. But first, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about just the open like, promise to end American democracy that came from 
the president, how senators are responding to that, him saying that there will be a peaceful, there will, will be, be peace if I win. If I win. Uh, and then there will be war if I lose uh, ahead of a election is, uh, yeah. So we'll talk about Pretty how the, the how Republican senators are responding to that. We'll talk about what to do uh, in the face of, you know, that's a that's a that's what's called a coup. If uh, it's a coup, it's we got to figure out what to do. Yeah, that's that right. what probably would be some like cheeky headline on a website for like when it's really so fucked up. And it's like it's a coup. <laughs> like, yo, hold on, hold on, no, you failed us. I'm right. being jokey about it. Right. We're going to talk about uh, one specific coup scenario uh, that Trump and his uh, administration are telegraphing. And by his administration, we also mean his uh, DOJ, since they are a wing of his administration's sort of willingness to do anything to stay in power. We're going to talk about Cory Gardner. We're going to talk about... I, I want to ask y'all how you are preparing for the debate, because mm. this has the has the potential to be one of the most... Uh, mentally spiritually physically taxing uh experiences of our young lives i want to i want to i also want to ask the question if the hunter biden thing is resonating with anyone not not us but like other people uh we're going to talk about venus the the planet we're going to talk oh. about netflix all that plenty more but first danny we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are Mine was um, Tom Hanks' wiki feet, <laughs> but it's okay. I have an excuse. It's because I was you watching him. I want no. to explain myself because I, I don't no like tab. wiki feet. I got that feet. tab up right now. I don't like, I know it's like Jamie's thing, but I think I'm allowed to kink shame because I was added against my will. So I feel like. Um, <laughs> Why were I my feet brought here? Yeah, I didn't ask for this. Right. Um, but now it like is so traumatizing to me um, that every time I see a celebrity who's like barefoot in a movie and he, I watched The Burbs. Have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've sorry. never seen Dean that before. Pretzel. Yeah, I've never seen that movie before. And I was like, mm -hmm. what? And so I recently watched The Burbs with Tom Hanks and he was like barefoot in a large part of it. So I was like, I bet he's on wiki feet. And sure enough... There's like a whole WikiFeet men's section and they have that. They have him like, you know, paparazzi when he's like in sandals, just like eating an ice cream cone. But anyway, and, and a lot of him in Turner. He was, what was that movie? Turner, Turner and Hooch. Hooch. Yeah. Was he in that? Yeah. 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 Another one I haven't I seen. I know the dog was barefoot a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, have, it, um, I have those feet pics tatted. <laughs> well, it's just wild because I feel like my male colleagues, like Iffy, is always Iffy Wadiway is like always posting himself barefoot. I'm like, I could never do this. Like that would right. Is he on Wikipedia yet? I don't. know. He probably like. I feel like or anyone not, that's of it, it would be like an Iffy thing to be like, I'm gonna post as many. I gotta get them right. Wikipedia. Yeah. You know? So so. Anyways, that was my search history because I'm just always curious if people are as obsessed with men as they are whenever like me or Jamie and or Selma Hayek. Right. <laughs> at the beach. So yeah, the that big was my, three, as I like the to big call three, them. the big Me, three, Jamie and Selma. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that scene in the burbs though when they come over. That the thing he's like sardine. Oh yeah. So it's like, what the fuck kind of spread is this? <laughs> but that's, that's like one of the most iconic parts. He's like, oh, thank you, just pulling a loose sardine out of a can. Uh, also, Tom Hanks, the way he gets away from the uh, lunch table in that scene. Pretending mm -hmm. he has to go pee. Yep. Uh, which is oh, he his, loves to pee. a jam. He, he should be on Wiki pee. pee. 
Yeah, wow. he should. Because yeah. he pees in, we, I mean, we talk about this in our live show. Shout out to everybody that came out before the pandemic. Uh, where we were just watching highlight reels of Tom Hanks peeing in like damn near every movie he's been in. It's a, it's a real, he's an auteur. He's yeah. an auteur. Uh, then the, the the labored peeing too, I think, is also some of the his, green like, like when he's on his knees, like oh, oh, and you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Why is this a scene? All right, what is something you think is overrated, Danny? Y'all, listen, I am the biggest like horror fan, Halloween fan. Love Halloween and horror. Like I have a ton of horror art, and yet Halloween people are too much for me right now. I I think it might be <laughs> the only thing they have hanging on to. I'm talking like overboard i think they're just doing it for instagram like and this might also be because i follow the halloween hashtag but treat yourselves y'all because it it, at first it starts out cute where you're like oh i love this and then it's like oh whoa it's like (laughs) if someone sent a hundred pumpkins to an influencer right it's just like their their living room will be covered in pumpkins they'll have like hocus pocus on one and then like nightmare before christmas on a laptop and then they'll have like i don't know all these like string lights and like candy core it's just too much and there's so many it's not just one if you have that it's not just one person and i'm like and it'll be like them and their boyfriend or something like you know, holding hands and like watching three different horror movies. And I'm like, what? <laughs> y'all, y'all, like, and then I'm like, who took this picture? Like the right, fact yeah. that someone put a camera up in one corner and like ran over and sat down. I don't know. It's right. Halloween people. Like, I actually you're really tweeted, watching three screens at once. Like I developed eye independence <laughs> to do it. <laughs> I like tweeted something about how like Halloween, like I feel for people who, um, Halloween is their whole personality and people got so mad. And I was like, look, I love, like I said, love Halloween, have a ton of horror art, um, already watched nightmare before Christmas and Adam's family already this season. Um, however, it's not my entire personality. I think people would be like, Oh, she's into anime. She has Dragon Ball Z tattooed on her. She's like super into Selena and Frida Kahlo. And like, it's not my entire personality. Mm. So (laughs) Halloween, Halloween people are a little, I think yeah. even witches and demons and villains would be like chill. Right yeah, I, I will <laughs> right. fuck more with a witch demon aesthetic online than like the traditional fall pumpkin aesthetic. You know, yes, mm. bring back more witchcraft and de- demonic shit. The, I mean, I, I I try and think of like what it's like for an influencer too, because like they're used their whole thing is just about presenting like some alter- alternate reality. So mm-hmm. like it's I guess maybe it's even more unsettling because we're like, man, Halloween ain't fucking happening or like not in the way we know. Yeah. So like, what's the right. point of all this shit? Like, but I guess that's where we've, we've we've sort of turned cynical and sort of like, come on, we get it. <laughs> all right, fine. It's the month is about to be October, but like, fuck out of here with all this energy. <sighs> yeah, we were, uh, we have a life size skeleton. That's like our one Halloween decoration. And uh, we were trying to figure out we usually like put a hat on them or like something like that. And I was like. Do we put like a MAGA hat on them? My wife was wow. like, should we put a should we put a mask on them? Uh, and I was, the mask thing is weird because while top while a topical reference, it suggests that masks don't work. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. it's like uh, I don't know <laughs> you if we walk want by, they're like, they get it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, brother. Hey, what knock you on need? your door. Hey, man, I just had to meet you, man. <laughs> Fucking appreciate what you're doing, man. Yeah. I was going to say what you need is like one, like an actual person out there and then the skeleton like you, that has a mask and then the skeleton doesn't have a mask. 
so right. you can show this uh, is yeah, what Yeah, like happens. an anti-vaxxer t-shirt or something like that. Yeah. Oh, right. um, we'll workshop we'll that. See. We got time. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a little Till bit. Till the holidays. Um, oh, man. Can you imagine the... Or can you just... I, I can just like now picture all the just uh, insufferable uh, topical Halloween costumes that are going to be co- coming our way in, yeah. in a mere couple of weeks. I want to do a sexy, I love doing sexy, like things that you're not supposed, not just like, oh, sexy Freddy Krueger, but like sexy, the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, like people who people have forgotten, like little side characters that right. you shouldn't like make sexy. That's what I want to do. What yeah. do you think is going to be the most, the most pervasive and simultaneously most tasteless costume that like everyone simultaneously has the worst idea on like what to do for just it's gonna be bad... something covid related i think it's like, like someone corona beer coronavirus oh yeah anything to do with corona like people who Anthony fuck around fauci drinking a corona or something like that <laughs> sexy dr fauci i feel sexy like fauci it's, is definitely it's going be to coming. be uh ruth bader ginsburg oh, high-fiving fuck. chadwick boseman oh. with like kobe bryant in the back yeah, oh that my drawing God. I saw. That, that artwork, was, I yeah. hate it. Every time someone dies, we're like, put the pencils down. Yeah. Put the art yeah. supplies away. Please stop. Or that, who's the dude? Was it Variety or the Hollywood Reporter that had that bum ass take when he was like hypothetically talking about Chadwick Boseman greeting Ruth Bader Ginsburg in heaven? There he was, was like, one. And she was like, king. Right. Like, what? Was that variety? I just thought that was a bad somebody Dude, it's some guy who, Twitter. Yeah, no, he writes. He had a ton of followers. That's why I think that shit blew up initially. There was Ugh. one that I hated that I sent to Iffy where it was um it was Stan Lee, but he was holding Chadwick Boseman almost like he was a baby. <laughs> I was like, why is Chadwick so small? It's like it's <laughs> such doing this? it's also like a really gross, like white privilege type yeah, of look where it's like, I I discovered you. And it was like, a, no, this was a, a full ass actor before yeah. before and after. Black yeah. Like he's done a lot of other things, not just a marble. Being, being portrayed quite but, literally as a white savior as well. Yeah, so it was cool. crazy. Or there was, I think he was like, you did good kid. And I'm like, please, he's not a child. This is gross. I hate this. Yeah. So Also, it cheapens the, uh, like the, the artwork that I have all over my house of like Jesus going into the Twin Towers on 9-11. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's the sort of thing that I'm, you know. I have don't, seen don't that one. With, yeah. That's, the that minions. My favorite is like the minions in a Marines right. <laughs> uniform. They're like oh, no. killing, killing Bin Laden. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what is something you think is underrated? Oh, we just had Bi Visibility Day, and I feel hey. like that's underrated. I think being bi as I am bi is underrated. And for everyone out there, I think I tweeted like if you think that you're not bi enough or you've been told you're not bi enough, Congratulations, that makes you very bi, because that's a, a bi thing that happens all the time. So, right. Yes. People saying you're not bi enough to come out as bi, you have to like. It's so random. Like, then they just want you to be gay. Like, they just want you to right. be lesbian, or like, it's so. I even like was writing on a show where I had to explain this to people because they kept writing the character as if they were gay, which is totally different. Like, if a man is bi and you're saying that he, um, it's like, oh, well, he'll never fully love his wife. I'm like, that's not what that means. Yeah. 
He's That's deceptive, not what that right? Means. Right. He's probably like, well, double. He, he's double. He's doubling right, everybody, right? Right. He's right. secretly gay. I'm like, no, he's right. openly no, bi. Sure. He can. That's it's That's a thing. wild. Yeah, that has it's just, been the mainstream media. Yes, it not has. like mainstream media, like CNN, like Wolf Blitzer coming out and being like, bisexuality is not a thing. But just like all movies are like, well, they must be secretly secretly gay. gay. Or, yeah, 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 it's all. Which I mean, like we're queer, and you can be. You know, it's kind of like, well, I prefer tequila sometimes. Sometimes I want wine. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think that was like a joke in Schitt's Creek. But like, you know, it's it's you can you can kind of prefer one side or like what we say with like Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, because she's queer and people like, well, Steve Trevor. And it's like, yeah, well, the clock struck dude this time. Next time it might not. Same with like Harley Quinn. This time right. it struck a, you know, next time it might not. So it's just... It's really misunderstood, I think, and a part of that is because of media and people who consider themselves progressive that don't understand. And I'm, again, just like talking about my own experience. I'm sure people will weigh in with their with their experiences. But um, I mean, I used to have the most problematic take on it because I didn't know enough about bisexuality or anyone who was bi that I was always like, oh, I, I think they're just probably gay. And it's easier to say bye. And then, you know, you realize, okay, that's my trash take from being 18 years old. And then you you meet people and you understand you have more empathy. You're like, right, right. Okay, so I'm going to shut the fuck up and uh, learn some more things uh, rather yeah. than coming out with some shit that I think is funny or just dumb or thinking that I know everything. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a process. Well, I just wanted to say one final thing about it is it's so fascinating that it all goes back to men. Like, yeah. not to talk about the patriarchy, but like, if you're a guy who's bi, it's like, oh, no, you're gay. He's gay. Right. Though, right. he's gay. And then if you're a woman who's bi, it's like, mm, she's just like a weekend lesbian. She's just like experimenting. What did you right. experiment in college or something? Like, you right. just do this when you're drunk. Like, so you actually like men. So it all goes back to men. It's really fascinating how it's just, y'all have capitalized on sexuality, clearly. Right, right. But then I thank our forefathers. Woman, <laughs> but when that woman rejects a man, she, it's like, no, she's she a, lesbian. a lesbian. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's, that's her deal, because I'm fucking tight. <laughs> uh, and finally, Danny, what is a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false or vice versa? Ooh, okay. I know something that people don't necessarily know, and that is, you know, I love to come and drop in the Disney myths and things. And did y'all know that Disney um, had a lingerie store at Disneyland? What? When it first opened, it had a place that had, it was a lingerie shop with bras and underwear and corsets, like back in 1955. Wow. And they even had a mechanical, like, sorcerer character that was the Wizard of Bras. And it only lasted for, which is, like, super awkward, too. Um, It lasted until they realized it was Walt Disney in mm -hmm. that that (laughs) costume being like, okay, why don't you try it on for me? (laughs) Moving like a robot, and it's like, allow me to measure your cup size. Well, that's what (laughs) it did do. And like there were were 3D. Yeah, it helped you like pick out your butt. There were 3D. Also, you know when you go to like the Penny Arcade, and you can go and you can look in, you put a penny, and you can like see a little like film. Yeah. Um, There were 3D like animations in this bra shop where one of the animations the woman was dressed and then you look and you turn and then she's like in the it's like what you would look like under with the lingerie shit this was what was happening back in in, you know in the 50s when it first opened up yeah but let's not forget the 50s really close to the 60s so yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was just like little (laughs) right on the cusp of the 60s peeking out like little bits of horniness so it only lasted for six months um but that is a cool 
Disneyland slash myth that is right. true. Actually, it's true that they did what have a lingerie shop. Like, what was like the thinking of that? right? You that's what I, mean? I was just. Like, I was gonna say yeah. like when there's an idea that's that ill conceived or like ahead of its time. I guess like what? How did it come about? Did they think of the pun Wizard of Bras first and were like mm-hmm. that's. Or it's like four D patriarchal chess, where you're like the man is going to have to bring his family here and spend money. Therefore, he will ask the wife to in turn buy this lingerie for sex. No, I think it's for. I think it was like okay, well, what is something that we can have for the women that are here? Like they can go shopping while their kid is at the penny arcade, like that type of thing. Uh I think. But then they realize, yeah, it's kind of awkward for like grown ass women to be in there. yeah, and like, like what were the bras? Were like Mickey on the like nipples? Like I'm super right. fascinated. Were oh. they like Disney designed? They had pasties right. that was just the Mickey head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be impressive. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard. It's just three circles. This yeah. is my costume. That's going to be my Wizard there of Bras. Wizard, Wizard of Bras. Bras. Yeah. Wizard of Bras. Patron of the Wizard of Bras shop. Mm-hmm. They should bring it back, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, I mean, mean now, not? that's why I'm saying ahead of its time. Like, now it would be fine, right? Like, that would just be no, like a it cute wouldn't. thing. No, they couldn't not. even, the moms couldn't even handle when they, like, the, when they, like, change anything in there. There's always yeah. a whole petition. So I feel what? like if they added that, people would, <laughs> one Plus, million moms you, would freak out. Have you seen how people handle the fucking merchandise in a gift store at Disneyland? <laughs> like, I'm not touching anything I'm putting on my body, like, in that fucking place. It's like, like ah, like Tasmanian devil shit. People are like trying shit on, sweaty, and then like, nah, not this one. And they leave, and you're like, what? The? Okay, well, I guess yeah. I will try this bra and panty set on. People are like hiding cocoa guitars up their butt for the black yeah, market. Like, <laughs> it's like, crazy. Guy walking right, but he's those sell so cord. like all of that stuff. There's like a whole underground network. That's another myth that's true. There's a whole underground network of Disney uh, of people that snatch all the Disney merch when it comes out, drop to it, resell? flip it, and resell it for hundreds yeah. more. Yeah, I follow somebody on Twitter who like just for that insight because I'm like, you're a person in your 30s and you like. There's all this shit going on like. In the, like after the Brianna Taylor shit comes out, it's like you're talking about the reopening of Disneyland right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what a reality! Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? I feel anyway. like someone in their 30s would be like an ingenue in that world. Like some that that would be like on the young side of uh-huh. the uh, Disney merch mm-hmm. game. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about uh, our crumbling democracy. And we're back. I don't know. I don't know where we were. I don't know if it was what when last we recorded, we knew that there were that the Trump administration was looking into subverting the results of the election if he didn't win. I don't think he had quite said yet that he wouldn't accept a uh, there wouldn't he wouldn't commit to a peaceful transition of power. Yeah, uh, if he lost, so that it just that used to be like, well, how we'll see, like what happens if you lose. It just used to be, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, right. and or like it's probably fraud. There's no way I lose unless it's fraud, and now it's straight up. Oh no, no, if I lose, we'll throw the fucking ballots out. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's 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 a that's a straight up just statement of intent of being like, yeah, okay, so I'm not going anywhere, even if you think you have the votes. Yeah. Welcome to. uh imperialism come home 
Yeah, there's uh they've been specifically looking at bypass it, like going to any states where uh Republicans are in control of the state government so that they can invalidate or you know, pull some pull some wild shit. Uh Well, that specific one is really really insidious because the point being is that there's nothing in the constitution that says that you can't change the electors. And in fact, the, the the Supreme Court made a decision in 2000 that just said like, yeah, if the state wants to, they can change their electors like that. And with these Republican controlled states, they could just very cynically say, fuck the votes, send these people as the elect, like the slate of electors to go, uh, you know, certify our results in D.C. Right. And but all of this is like it's just so fucking uncertain because Prior to this, it was people who half gave a fuck about what was normal. And now people are like, well, fuck, man, we can really we can really fuck this shit up if we want to. Uh, and and that's like, I think, the, the, yeah. the spooky part. The And it sounds like what when you put it in terms of, well, they would just say, fuck the votes and like we win that. That's not how it would actually play out, like because Trump would, you know, Trump has Fox News and he has the whole right wing media too. apparatus, Russia. Uh, so it would it would actually look more like, uh, we have this set of votes. You guys have your set of votes. Like, so right. we counted this grouping of votes that was people who voted in person that throws out all mail in ballots. Uh, and we're going to validate those instead of validating yours. So it's just like throwing. Um, but do you feel like into the count? even them are kind of exhausted? I know that they've like totally bowed down to him. But when I was watching that clip, I forgot who it was on Fox News where they were like, oh, yeah, and you can come back here like every week or something. And then who was the correspondent or the anchor that was like, well, we'll see. Like, we'll take it like a case by case. Do you remember that? Did you no, see that? I don't think that, so. That so what that happened like this past week or like oh, okay. a, like a week ago, I, sure, where sure, okay. Trump was talking to them for like forty minutes. He was on Fox in front, like the oh, morning it must have been news, Fox whatever. And yeah, okay. But the, but he was saying like, okay, I'll come on. And granted, I barely pay attention to anything that they do. It was because it was on Jesus and Marrow. That's how I oh, saw right. it. Right. But I you know, uh, what one I do of is the like anchors out to Fox News. No. <laughs> One of the anchors, though, um, when Trump was like, yeah, I can come back anytime. And they were like, well, mm. hang on. And I was <laughs> like, whoa. Like, you could see, like, one of the other anchors, like, made a face. But it was like, hmm, I would love to. Uh, well, I would yeah. love if there were more, if they actually, which they're not because they're, like, spineless. But I'm fascinated to find out, like, if they, if even they. They're getting I, tired of them. Not, not for this election, but, like, what terrifies me is the next like couple of years of his of what he has done the damage he has done mm -hmm. and also after like if they're yeah how if they're getting yeah i mean either way turn. it's become clear that we need to severely limit the powers of the presidency even if biden is the president that's the only way we can actually stave off some shit like this where someone's like i'm in the white house here we go tear it the fuck down uh i feel like that's really a thing we're realizing is that you know, presidential power has just gone fucking out of control. And I mean, I don't know, like when you look at the comments of these Republican senators, to your point, Danny, I don't know if they're doing the thing where they're like, please just get voted the fuck out so I can pretend I didn't know anything about you and I can just keep banging and it can just be this thing. And I don't have to fucking be some new Goebbels 2.0 type guy because I don't really have the energy for that. I liked it better when it was just kind of this version of like low energy white supremacy rather than like having this fiery rhetoric. So. McConnell saying he tweeted, 
The winner of the November 3rd election will be inaugurated on January 20th. There will be an orderly transition, just as there has been every four years since 1792. Um, Okay, but that doesn't say, like, what about the ballot fuckery? Uh, Because you could just say, well, those are are the results. I guess that's who we're inaugurating. Uh, You know, Lindsey Graham also said there will be. I can assure it will be peaceful. Mitt Romney says that uh, it would be unthinkable and unacceptable. Ben Sass said the president says crazy stuff. I don't believe any of them uh, yeah. because I think it's a weird position there. It's a weird game. It's like either they feel like, you know, being tethered to Trump has like accelerated just how many like people are just turned off by the party. And so he turns it's like, over his advisors really quickly, though. Yeah, that's what I mean, is that like they end up getting fired. He like talks down to the, like how am I, I understand that they're literally spineless cowards, as I see them um, and have sold out like so many times. You'll find a tweet where they're like, you know, Trump is dangerous, blah, blah. And it's like, I love Trump, you know, but like mm-hmm. he still he still has such an ego that he treats the people around him like pieces of shit and or his turnover rate is super high. So I'm like, how many of these people who do who are in like granted they'll probably just give in to money or whatever but i had a question for y'all because i don't remember what i'm scared about is his militias like all these militias uh popping up do you remember that being scared of that when obama was because i was like too young that i don't i was so young guys um (laughs) i was i was too young that i don't think i really new slash paid as much attention whereas like now i feel like if trump doesn't win they will actively harm people i don't know if i felt that when obama i mean i felt for his life but i wasn't like thinking that they were going to try and go out with guns and overthrow i mean civilians I, I, i went to a gun range the day after the election and it was packed 2016 wow 2008 when obama 2008 right uh just because i was kind of like what's the vibe over there and I went there with my buddy, uh, shout out Nick uh, and Brittany. And we were just sort of like, oh, wow. Yep. Like these people look like they're like, I don't know. But it looked like those are the seeds of Trump winning. Like all those mm. people who took the shooting ranges, whether that was to get their stress out or just feel like their fear that their guns were going to be taken, taken away or whatever fear of progressive politics or whatever. Uh, that was very interesting to see, but not to the point where it was like, you know, you were looking at armed mobs. I mean, there may have been little small shows of, you know, people here and there, but nothing to like the magnitude of what we're seeing now, like where you just have these like goon squads marching through Louisville and shit. Um, Doing like uh, looking vehicle for- checks in, in Oregon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that's... just, it's beyond because people who are doing extrajudicial killing and shootings have been legitimized by the president. Yes. Yeah. That, that's just unprecedented. Like the the thing with Kyle Rittenhouse and him refusing to, you know, come down and be, uh, you know, critical of him, and then Fox News like being a party mm. to the, you know, glorifying or at least you know, uh, defending of that kid is like that. That's beyond the pale. Like that just seems like okay. That's them pushing t- things towards like one step further towards civil war. And then, you know, the, the, my issue with that Mitch McConnell coming in and being like, no, we're, you know, we're going to be the good people who stand on the side of norms is that a lot of people saw like once Mitch McConnell started doing the thing where like 
they didn't they couldn't get a single vote for uh Obamacare and then uh blocking Obama's Supreme Court justice. That's when a lot of like way before Trump like mm-hmm. came came into office, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is headed in the direction of like authoritarianism because yeah. of the Republican Party and like the core of the Republican Party, not just Trump being this sort of outlying maverick kind of person. It's actually it is the Mitch McConnell's. He's yeah. sowing the seeds of of authoritarianism. Yeah, he set the table. I mean, it was all happening from Bush, like when all that polarization really began mm. ramping up. Um, but I think, you know, it's important, right, is that we, you know, the idea that we could be dealing with an ent- attempted coup, I think, is unsettling for most people in this country, unless maybe you fled a country where you've already seen it happen and you're like, OK, uh, or you're a Trump supporter. Um, okay. I'm certainly unsettled at the notion that we may well we are in one of the wildest periods in modern american history where a president is trying to single-handedly hit the fascist switch on us and just do the damn thing like that and the only way i could sleep is to try and understand like what like what are we need to actually begin to mentally steal ourselves prepare ourselves to deal with something like this because hearing like people like nancy pelosi say they're disturbed is not help is not enough for right. me. Uh, because we have I'm already in our quiver. Yeah, I'm already, you know, most uh, people of color are already living in a nightmare scenario where you can be killed by police and it's all good. And right. so it's already uh, an existential issue for many people in this country. I think what we also need is to get an, the, that full, that tipping point of people to understand just how dangerous this is because on one hand people will be like do you really think he's gonna do that i mean january 20th the secret service comes in and they're booting him out and it's not that simple because you're you're, you're discounting all the shit that he's trying to do from election day and before that which is to begin invalidating votes and exactly. things like that so it's not as clear cut as biden wins everybody accepts it January 20th, he's just going to cross his arms and leave. That's not how it's going to happen. I think that's a very nice and tidy way to think about it. Uh, But there's this piece uh, that was written on this uh, website that's called wagingnonviolence.org. It was being shared a lot uh, by this activist organizer, this guy who trains like activists in places like fucking Burma and Indonesia, people who are like ethnic minorities on how to organize your people against some dark shit. And this is this uh, article that's been shared around, but sort of like the 10 tips of what you should do during a coup. Now, I think there are, it's not like a purely just look at this as the 10 steps, but I think it was very important to begin putting these things into your imagination because I feel like most people are thinking like, oh, fuck, 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 of just going into November 3rd, not being like, okay, but then what? You know, right. then oh, I think a lot of people are like, well, someone will tell us what to do. And I don't think that's actually the 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 best way to actually, you know, wrap our heads around this. So these 10 things that they're talking about, I'll, I'll go through a couple of them. One is just saying don't expect results election night. Like, I think everyone we're on board with that. Because, we like, are. So any infor- any information that, that comes out. media is, though, man. Like, sure. think about the mainstream media on election night yeah. not being able to call a winner. Like, there, there's just going to be so so much energy to just be like, well, Trump has surprised everyone again with just the in-person votes. Well, I mean, I hear people saying, at least whenever I've popped in on like cable news, that they'll, I've heard that sentiment at least be brought up 
somewhat regularly because of all the ballot stuff of just saying like, you know, it's it's more likely we won't have a winner on election night. Like people have been saying that. But yeah, to your point, they love the sensational fucking horse race. But so that, that we'll leave that for election yeah. night. Second thing is to call it a coup. Do right. not, you know, call it for what this is. Uh, he was writing that language like election tampering or voter suppression signal deterioration of the democratic process. But if we get ourselves into a coup situation, we need to help people help our country move into a psychic break right. to actually say like, you know, because most people are like, nah, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. Uh, but I, I'm so, like, when I hear somebody say that they are going to reject the results of the election to stay in power and we know the kinds of shit that he's capable and the kinds of uh, culpability, like the, the, the charges he could be facing if he becomes a normal citizen. I I take that seriously. I'm pray to God it doesn't happen, but I would feel foolish if we got there and I wasn't like, oh, fuck, I didn't take that seriously when this man who said he was going to reject it, rejected it. Yeah, um, and it's, th- he's yeah. going to try to make it happen for sure. It's just a matter of like what is going to be there, what's going to hold up in the face of that attempt, because right. there's nothing right now. He's on a path to try to make that happen. Yeah. And just they say like, the other thing. This is, you know, it, no, it's a coup if the government stops counting votes, declares someone a winner who didn't get the most votes or allows one, someone to stay in power who didn't win the election. That's that's pretty clear cut. OK. And yeah. then the other thing is just sort of about really realizing that you have to be able to organize. You know, they're saying you should at least talk to five friends to say, like, yo, if this shit goes down, are we ready to strike? Are we ready to close our businesses? Are we ready to demonstrate? Are we ready to show like show up in physical space to signal to the government like that this is actually being rejected by a a large number of people um they're also saying focus on white like you know just don't focus on individuals focus on the values rather than saying like fuck this group or whatever that that it has to be like this is not a democracy this is not stable because those are the kinds of things that if there are people who are even confused trumpers are like i don't think that's right You'd rather look, you know, if if they're seeing people say, like, we want democracy, we're not saying it's even this. It's like the, the fact that we're we're crossing the Rubicon into total fascism should be a warning shot to everyone, no matter what your political uh, ideologies are. And the the thing is that the other thing is convincing people to not freeze or just go along, because that would be something that if you're not ready for, you'd be like, oh, is this what's ha- ha- happening? We're right. just... You know, like people have to be also aware of what the attempted coup engagers need from the population for it to be successful. They need people to be on the back foot and kind of like frozen for them to kind of just sweep in and begin taking over certain things. And really what they're saying is like center in calm, not fear, like in terms of saying like, don't get caught up in hyperbole, really try to sort through as many facts as you can, because that's really what I think could send things in a completely fucked direction is you get a couple fake stories. Those get pulled up. Everyone's believing it. No one's even taking a second to think that you're in an environment where there are bad faith actors who want to take advantage of the chaos. Um, And that's a really other thing that I think is very important is to be just aware and calm. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, One of the things they say is, uh, you know, historically, whichever side resorts to violence, the most tends to lose, which is great to hear. I have not studied that, but that's awesome. Like they they said, mass resistance to coups wins by using walkouts and strikes, refusing orders and shutting down civil society until the rightful democratically elected leader is installed. 
everything else that we've said so far, like using the language of coups, not going along with it, pointing out when they stop counting votes, declare someone a winner who didn't get the most votes. Those are all things that Trump supporters and his people will adopt themselves like they, mm-hmm. because that's just what they do. They take the thing that they are guilty of and they start accusing the other side of that. So they're going to do that. But the thing that I feel like they don't have is the numbers, uh, the numbers that can commit to mass resistance. So I, I do think that that is going to be important, that we yeah. are willing to organize and use nonviolent resistance to actually you know stop the country from moving forward until things you know are are right again yeah all that to say is like it's just important to have the imagination for something like this because i think that is a huge problem that american people have when it comes to looking at our systems of governance or how to operate within them is that we just are sort of like "Well, well what do you do like if there's no police, what do you do? Like, we just we haven't developed the imagination to go further to think of something that's good. And some people, I think, call it what is it, like the cool period or like the chill period or something before where we're on that cusp of either something great could happen or something fucking awful could happen. But they're both simultaneously very possible. Um, right. And that's just kind of like it's just a weird place to be in as a human being. Uh, especially with all this, you know, existential, financial, emotional, physical, whatever threats that we're surrounded with uh, in our day to day lives. But it's, you know, I, and again, I, I, I don't I I'd hate to say, like, this is what's going to happen, y'all. But I would be personally, I was like, I would feel like a fucking fool because this first this person is saying I'm a fascist. And then I have to think about what my role is in, in terms of uh, being a citizen in this country, in this moment in history and what, you know what my response is to fascism in America. Right. I think it's difficult for me because to even see it being like of us being nonviolent, because I think we're playing against someone who doesn't have a rule book. Like we have a rule book and they don't like, they've Mm -hmm. just thrown out any, they'll do anything to win anything to maintain power. And so we, I know, like, especially on this show, I'm sure you guys have talked about respectability politics and all of that, but I just feel like we've been doing that, you know? And but so we haven't been striking, you know? That's but I thing. don't, that's the thing, Miles, is I really think that in order to strike uh, successfully, you need mm-hmm. everyone to strike. And I don't see that happening on our side. And I can understand that I feel like, especially with people of color, striking with a business or whatever, I know what they're going to say is that they cannot afford to do that. And they're, they are correct, right? A lot, a lot of the times the people who are the most oppressed are the ones who are already taking this hit and then asked to do more. The people who, when you say like, when you hear people that are like, uh, you know, he would never do that. Like that, yeah, but that's like not our government. Those are elites. Every time mm-hmm. I see that from somebody, it's an elite liberal. So like even people on our side, I mm-hmm. I don't think anyone who who's actually been struggling in this country, especially a person of color, especially black people, would be, they would be like, no, of course, like definitely not surprised literally at all. We saw this coming you know, for years now, this is how it's been. I think now just the rest of the world is seeing how it's, it's been, but I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I'm glad that there is this, you know, plan and like educating people about what to do, but I just feel like there's, we're competing against 
people who are on a different playing field, you know? I Yeah, I don't. And again, that's why I gave the caveat at the top that I don't see this as the actual framework on how to respond, merely that people, I don't think people have the imagination on what to do. I think because um, most Americans who have been alive in this country are so used to the stability, quote unquote, of right. like how the system works, that when it goes off the rails, it's like, I, I have a fear that many people will freeze completely mm. and, and just let him roll in and, and like, let just that, let him and, continue and so like what do we do because we're already so sort of uh, exhausted and yes. our wills to fight have been diminished somewhat that that's it's just more like we have to have an idea that that we there has to be some kind of response but yeah a 100 percent. i mean you see tweets from share being like we gotta take the street y'all if i'm like you ain't getting in the fucking street share fuck out of here Right. Like, y'all, you're just trying to whip up your followers so you can kick it in your mansion, you know? Right. Uh, and I and I totally see that. Um, and I think that's the thing is, like, you know, that's where we're walking this fine line of coup versus just, you know, full-on, like, sectarian violence and civil war. Uh, because it's one thing where people are seeing as it as a thing that can be solved in this way. Mm. But if the response is different and disproportionate, then we it's then it's like we're entering another phase and we truly have to... You know, you have to think about who is going to be willing in terms of like the civil servants to act on these things and what that looks like. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's uh, you're right. There's so many different ways it could go in my head. I just see it as like a full blown like rebellion, if that's what we end up doing, like a civil war, like you said. And it's wild because we watched for years growing up, we would watch it happening in other countries and it'd be like, that's so crazy. That's happening over there. Not in our country, though. And then, you know, we've gotten to this place. So um, I don't know. It's it's. Who knows with yeah. 2020? Who knows? Trump <laughs> uh, yeah. could Trump could could I'm not going to say anything. I would I don't want um the government to come and find me, but he might be like I accept the results y'all. Okay, fair and square. And yeah. I guess He I'll, might like I'll take off his mask and, and the, it's yeah. like <laughs> it's like fucking Daniel Day-Lewis under there. Um, <laughs> They're like dude, you're not getting an Oscar for this asshole. Actually, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I want people to have hope. I don't want people to not have hope. I want oh, no, people to not have at hope. All. I have hope. I think I just am nothing, like y'all, nothing surprises me. That's like, I think thing. I even tweeted, I said, there's nothing. This was like last year. I was like, there's nothing Trump could do that would surprise me. And people are like, well, what if he did this? I'm like, that would not. What if he supports Mexico? That would not surprise me. Literally anything. nothing about the man. Yeah. He could do anything. It would not surprise me. Um, so it's wild, even with the Breonna Taylor news, that like, what I'm saying, like, is elite liberals i have i have a problem with people on our own side who are are clearly either not paying attention not doing enough who were like oh i'm disappointed in the re-. i'm like you're disappointed yeah right that's the tweet we're that's, gonna go with you're not, disappointed I don't, a, I don't know if that's like even the same side at that point it's like they just talk some shit to, but they're who isn't ruling though Miles. oh yeah like yeah, they're the ones who rule a lot of our these companies these studios these plat like they have the money to to enact change but they're just safe yeah but that's what i'm saying we're not on that side though we're actually diametrically opposed because they're they're sort of the constant gardeners of this kind of system so like yes while the words like sort of align with the party that people may vote for it's still like it's very disingenuous is what i mean yeah Yeah. and so that's why i feel like we just have they have like you know we just have this playbook that we've been you know, trying to follow. And sometimes I feel like it might just need to be burned. I think I don't, I don't know if we can keep playing by the rules when they don't have any rules, Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. It's a, it's, 
It's 2020. That I mean, I think the one thing is I ultimately I hold out that I believe a majority of Americans are good people. And there are shitty, don't get me twisted, there are plenty of shitty people out there, but I feel that there are more often than not better people. And I don't mean that people who are not racist or fucking hateful in other ways, I don't know what... It's it's I've hard to know who I'm holding out for yeah. to fucking do anything. But that's why at the same time, I'm like, why even sit back and try and figure out like, well, somebody going to say what to, it's like almost like just, I don't know. I'm We'll figure out what, what happens, but I don't want to be caught off guard. That's for sure. Especially when this guy's saying this shit out loud. I think humans are um, good under certain circumstances, given certain situations can turn evil out of fear. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Absolutely. Because I agree. I think that, you know, the human, the reason why we've lasted for so long, I think humans are innately good. But when I look at, I think under, under certain circumstances, like being beat down for as long as all this is happening, where it's like earthquakes, wildfires, social unjustice, like all this pandemic out of fear, which is like what you see in every apocalyptic movie where they're like, you know, stealing water from a child or something. I don't know. Um, they turn, they, they turn. So, um, anyways, this has been, (laughs) what's so funny because you can constantly be like, how, who's to say, well, I study, what I'm saying is I study so much. I've studied psychology and like, and even Twitter, Twitter fascinates me as someone that is, you know, on their way too much and has built up a following on there is just watching how much I, who like, I got a lot of opportunities and networking and stuff from it now like can barely be on there because I've watched human nature on there which I actually find very fascinating is when there's inner fighting when there's people who you and I Miles who we've never gotten into it but I could see in certain circumstances us fighting even though we're on the same fucking side Mm -hmm. and so it's wild that I'm watching that happen um the psychology of human nature fascinates me even when i look at like if another twitter popped up would it be as toxic would we because it all it starts as neutral then we Mm -hmm. get in there right we get in there and all of us and all of our different baggage and everything that we take and then we turn it so now it's it's super toxic and so it's like that's what fascinates me is like are we in innately or inherently going to always is that human nature right Um, but it's been engineered to make it it has been it has been it definitely is yeah. is a hot take it it values hot takes clickbait is the same way if you write something and it's like 20 things star wars did wrong like it's going to get more clicks than like here's the reasons why i love star wars no one yeah. gives a shit people want right. to know what they did wrong and so but that is that like our human nature um i just right. find those conversations fascinating and as we like i'm saying as we continue with this rebellion or whatever is going to happen um human nature uh whether that will like our hope and goodness will prevail, but I don't know. Right. That is my, <laughs> I didn't that's, mean to stop. No, on. no, it's, <laughs> no, it's true. That, that, that's, that, that, it's, that, that's the tone of the fucking reality we're in right we now. We don't know. That's, but that's so the thing. Heavy. We don't know. But yeah. in the past we have, right. We have overcome. We have, you know, to some extent, I don't want to, uh, the civil rights movement, you know, obviously is still, but like, I don't want to say that they didn't achieve like all those people who put their lives on the line. There was so, even though it feels like right now, like, Oh, nothing has changed. You know, like there are icons in our his, 
history and and ways that we have uh, moved forward. But I'm just I don't know. Like there is like we said, no playbook for this. And when you're going against a, a side that that isn't playing by the rules, should we just throw all the rules away? Um, is kind of where I'm at, mm-hmm. I guess. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back and we are a week away from the from the debates. Oh fuck. Just wanted to ask how you guys are how you guys are holding up. Biden is currently uh or yesterday he spent the day prepping. Uh Trump is mainlining right wing media like a precog. Uh I still I still have nightmares about the Trump Clinton debates in twenty sixteen. Uh Oh my gosh, remember when he was like stalking, stalking her? Stalking her around the stage. Yeah. Um and this and that was like one where I mean she was a pretty skilled debater. This time we have Trump on the <laughs> precipice of actual outright authoritarian fascism and he's up against a pretty you know cognitively shaky uh gaff prone elderly gentleman <laughs> it's <laughs> do you feel like th- these debates matter in this election i don't even think it I, I think everyone's already in their corners yeah i feel everyone the only people i think are undecided are our side because i see people that like you know complain about biden and rightfully so but i'm like i'm still voting for him yeah. or else we're getting trump are you kidding me like this is about to fall <laughs> this country is going to fall even worse than you ever imagined and so it's just like i think the undecided is partly people on our side yeah. i see them tweeting like large people that have large platforms and so i don't think trump people are undecided no, no they're, definitely not they're Trump not. people. I think there's also some undecided people. <laughs> he said he's a racist fascist. Like, <laughs> and they're like, right. yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, I'm sure there's some like 5% of racist people, some like in various battleground states who are like, do I object to this aspect of him, like the chaos he causes enough to uh, not vote for him or do I like value his racism and like owning the libs enough to keep voting for him or you know I'm sure there's undecided people whose like values are so foreign to us that like I can't even imagine do you think the COVID numbers affect him like people keep saying that and I'm like I don't think that they care but like do you think that that affects like some people that might have been affected by like their family members died or something that are are Trump people. Like, do you think that will affect? Well, that he that's where Trump has been losing more elderly voters. That's for okay. sure. Like his share of the elderly vote has began to go down because of the pandemic stuff, and they're just sort of like, why won't you listen to a doctor? You know, like because they're just sort of like mm. they, they're already in that mindset. We're like, the doctor tells me how to live longer. So that well, what's going on? But I don't. You know, you never know. And these debates, who fucking know? I, it, it, Trump or Biden could do the wildest shit. That some people are like, "Oh my god, what was that?" Right. Uh, Yo, so- he. I don't. I his like for a for a party that respects vets so much. Like that's where I think he would lose people is disrespecting veterans, which he's done repeatedly. Yeah, 
which yeah. is wild too. And like, I mean, you know, and no matter how many letters of former military officials who are incensed with Trump, they like, are signatories to like some sort of takedown thing. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm glad the the old rank and file feel like that, but like, you know, I'm I'm curious to know. I mean, there there's polling around what his actual support is within the military, but it's it's you know what the fuck to your point, poll? Miles. I think uh, like lack of imagination plays into. Uh, anybody who's still like, well, I'm not going to vote for either of them because they're like Biden is just more of the same and that's bad. Um, I just think it's a lack of imagination of how bad things are going yes. to uh, get. It's yeah. going to be not more of the same and way worse. Uh, it's the same lack of imagination. It's like, how could this get any worse? Like, And it's like, oh, it can always get so, so much worse. Mm-hmm. We were saying, how could it get worse in 2017? Right. Uh, it's getting yeah. worse. It's he's going to keep making it worse uh, and, until he's stopped. So, um, and I mean, it's yeah. it's unsettling because you know we're coming off 2016, where um, a- apparently the email server thing and Comey coming out at the last minute and being like, "We're still investigating her," had an impact on people's votes so Mm. it's like things like this hunter biden report that is seemingly very easy to dismiss because it says absolutely nothing about joe biden or like uh this being an example of corruption or being connected to joe biden in any way who knows if it's going to affect voters in the same way that something as stupid as hillary clinton's emails affected people yeah. Well, the benefit is that people have the last four years to help right. weigh their decision making. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it was easier to be like, I'm one. I'm not really that engaged in politics. And how bad could it be if Trump's the president over Hillary Clinton cut to like, OK, so my kids don't talk to me. Uh, people throw shit at me at work because I have right. this mag hat. <laughs> like, I kind of don't like this, but my ego won't allow me to admit that I made a mistake. So I'm just going to go pedal to the metal on this till the f- absolute wheels fucking come off. So it's hard to know. Hard yeah. to know. Hard to know. Who's to say? Um, Who's to say? All right. Uh, there might be life on Venus, so that's a thing. Uh, let's talk about Netflix. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, go what? You guys are are hopping over Venus? <laughs> I do want to say, leave her alone. Leave <laughs> her alone. She's doing good without us. Do not yes. disrupt Venus. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. go trash Venus, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, there's a gas that, uh, has been found on Venus. Uh, it's a gas that apparently like needs to have been made fairly recently. It's not like leftover from eons ago. It's, uh, there needs to have been a continuous source for it to be there. And Ooh. science only knows ways to make it that involve life. So the possibilities are either that Venus housed life at a certain point not too long ago or at some point in the past uh, or Venus uh, <laughs> this is terrifying but the, the another possibility is that an asteroid uh, or a comet impacted Earth so uh, violently that it shook some of Earth loose and it like hit Venus so like that's you know the thing that what? happens in Arme- Armageddon has happened frequently throughout the history of earth. It's just like, we've only been around for such a brief period that Mm -hmm. we don't 
you know, it, we're just existing in a brief period where those <sighs> haven't happened. Um, that sounds like a bad comedy script, though, too, or like an asteroid hits like Earth and like like two bros end up like going jettison <laughs> into Venus, space yeah. and land somewhere and like, what the heck, dude? And dude. then it's like the bro planet. Oh, God. Wake I didn't realize one of one of my friends is like a dinosaur like truther. Like he thinks that they died from an illness. Oh, true. So like when this yeah, whole, whole pandemic. Yeah, but I was like, illness. no, is it like the ocean? Like, isn't that the impact? Like, for, isn't that like, aren't there like other things? Like some of those craters aren't, isn't that like the impact? But he think he was like, no, they don't want you to know. Like they died from an, a virus. That's like how he thinks we're going to go out. Yeah, mm. exactly. Like, oh shit. How did you There's manage to look dinosaur truthers it? in my life? Um, like, one of the truthers top- about more fun shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like the I mean, subway that's sandwich. A fun one. You know what I mean? That is that's better fun. than the flat and earth. It's also, people. yeah, it's not really damaging. It's just more of like a scientific, like fringe theory as opposed to one that's like damaging and dumb. And, uh, but the last asteroid that hit us is the exact same time. The last time, like when we had dinosaurs, like they exactly line up. That's so. what they want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, but like more more boring conspiracy theories, fewer that are going to be like tempting to Joe Rogan and his billions right. of listeners. Could you? Um, know, I would love that if like that's where they queuing on everybody. They just put switch gears to dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like it's settled, but like yeah, just you know, think of all the shit over there. Thanks. Anyways, this is you know we have been as a culture specifically. Uh, the West has been really focused on Mars like for the past few centuries Mm -hmm. for some reason. And apparently Russia was actually very focused on Venus and was investing a lot of research into Venus. And in fact, a Kremlin scientist came out and was like, "Uh, Venus is a Russian planet. So y'all can fuck off. Wow. I like that. NASA announced that. Wonder what the Greeks have to say about that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's just, NASA is now going to start launching, uh, you know, research into Venus, which is just the planet on the other side. You know, it's one closer as opposed to one further away. Like the possibility is basically that there was life on Venus. And so current Venus, which is a virtual hellscape, uh, tells us what the future of Earth looks like. Um, Right. Hell yeah. So that's, you know, if you dig deep enough, any story uh, will eventually become depressing. Uh, so I mean the the global in the inside surface temperature of Venus is only about six hundred ninety eight Kelvin. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like what what's Florida right now? Florida's exactly. Be, right? You know, and if you know your conversion, that's seven hundred ninety seven degrees. <laughs> is that what? What is a fire? Fire's pretty bad, right? Fire's fire's less than that, isn't it? Well, I mean, I don't know. What do you count paper burning at? That's only that's the only measurement I know from literature. So right, right. Um, all right, let's talk Netflix real quick. Uh, we're going to be doing Cobra Kai at some point in the not too distant future. Also, Last Airbender. But for Monday, maybe we pick one of the top movies of the summer to watch. Oh, I guess um, I forget that it's not summer anymore. Yeah, the summer has ended, and I will read off to you the uh, top 10 list, okay? Mm -hmm. Number one, a movie we have reviewed, 365 Days, the number one movie of the summer. Uh, A bunch of horny, horny uh, shut-ins we are. Yeah, 
number two is Lorax. Uh, number three is the Old Guard, uh, and that tied with at number three is Project Power. So, two Netflix movies that are tied with one another. Two Netflix original action movies. Uh, then Despicable Me, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, The Kissing Booth Two. Um, oh yeah, we never we never dug into that. Uh, the Lost Husband and Desperados. We watched both of those. Uh, and Animal Crackers, which is a 2017 cartoon starring <laughs> Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. So, oh, cool. Yeah. What's what's that about? I don't know. Uh, I think the what's that one teaching our kids? Right. I think I think I'll watch that one uh, with my kids. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any like tacit white supremacy in there, uh, like there are in certain other John Krasinski projects. Um, but not t- in not in a quiet place. No, how could uh, we ever think that uh, the goodly people who opened their mouths were snatched up in the night? <laughs> Uh, who are hiding quietly lest they alert the brown-skinned monsters uh, who are overly sensitive to where they are. Um, yeah. You're going so Animal that, Crackers? I'll go Animal Crackers. That only leaves me with The Kissing Bunch Booth 2. movie. Oh, yeah, Kissing Bro- Booth 2. Did you see The Kissing Booth 1? Uh, yes, actually. Oh, well, uh, perfect. But I was so high, I I couldn't tell you what it was about. I just remember there was something I saw a pool. I think the first scene had a pool in it. Okay. Um, but I mean, what I, I love nothing more than to go into a sequel blind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With no no context clues for anything, and be like, I don't know, this shit. This was terrible. And they're like, it, it perfectly wrapped up the first film. <laughs> I don't give a shit. No. All right. So the two movies we'll be watching for Monday: The Kissing Booth Two and Animal Crackers. Not right. the. Uh, not the Marx Brothers one, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, Danny, it has been oh. a pleasure having you. Has it? <laughs> it always is. You, you guys know? always have to talk about the news, so I feel like you know most of the time I'm over on right. uh, my shows just being like, and we covered The Legend of Korra and uh, you know, yeah. Avengers I- Endgame. And um, no, I do want to say to all of your listeners, I do want you to have hope. I wasn't trying to remove any hope. Oh, no, I think it's just like, day, be expect, worry. expect the un- <laughs> every day we're hopeless. Don't worry. <laughs> expect the unexpected. I think I'm just saying a lot of us are kind of in a place where we, we, we do, we see it coming. And so I think uh, human nature though, us as humans, whether we're Americans or not, remember, this is just like a country that people came over and decided to name America. Um, but as humans, I want you to know you're not stuck here in this country. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows if this will always be a country. Or, and also, um, like, my country you... was my, where my family's from in Mexico, it, it got moved around because mm. of, of this country. Yeah. So, you know, you are not defined by by the laws that someone created in the in 1776. So, you are a human of value no matter where you go, and it might be on Mars. Yeah. So, and yeah. if it is here, it might just look differently than what we're used to, and maybe it it needs to not look like it used to because that's outdated. Yeah, so. yeah, I would I would say it needs to look a little bit different for sure. Yeah, mm. or Venus, or Venus. Human uh, yeah, nature. Venus. If if zombie movies have taught me anything, it's that humans always prevail to have a sequel. So mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. on Venus. So when you the will have your sequel. A chunk of us onto Venus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can people find you and follow you, Danny? 
Um, I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on all of the things. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, Joelle, um, not my, not fabulous Joelle Monique, but a different Joelle, Joelle uh, Leone. I think that's how you say his name. He tweet. I, he's one of my favorite people to follow because he's so positive, which is something I'm trying to do of more because I think more people need it. Um, and he said, perfection isn't the goal. Love is. Mm. And I do feel I've been approaching a lot of things with love. Nice. I feel that that can help a lot of conflicts globally, obviously. But I mean, like within your life, I often think like, how can I approach this like argument with my friend or a boss or this or that, like, how can I approach with love even with myself? So I think that that is helpful. Just ask yourself, how can I approach this with love? Absolutely. Uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram at miles of gray. Also 420 day fiance, the other podcast getting high talking about 90 day fiance. So I can Mm. avoid this other hellscape. Okay. Uh, Some tweets that I like. First one is from Zach Fox at Zach Fox. It's a photo of, you know, like um, a, a lotion thing. And, you know, mm. you'd be pumping it. There's like that little curd on the end that will that'll dry Gross. up. Gross. Yeah. That's his yeah. photo. And he says, who else like to eat the crispy lotion before moisturizing? <laughs> wow. So gross. So disgusting. So gross. But also as a kid, low key, I tried to eat that shit. Yeah. Because uh, oh. I was like, what oh, is lotion that? It smells boogers? good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that low books? Yeah. You know, low bees. Uh, another one is from at Dana Donnelly, at Dana D O N L Y, uh, tweets, You may think you live rent free in my head, but actually, I live rent free in my mom's house. So by proxy, you actually just live rent free in my mom's house. Boom. Love it. Owned. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> uh, tweets I've been enjoying. Charlene de Guzman tweeted, uh, Whenever I go to sleep with barbecue chip crumbs still attached to my nightgown, I pretend I'm a beautiful whale with barnacles. Uh, and Karen G <laughs> tweeted, just so we're clear, I'm not tweeting because I think these thoughts are good. I'm tweeting because I want to transfer the burden of my thoughts from my brain to yours. Ha you suckers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song We Ride Out on Miles. What are we riding uh, into this weekend this, on? This 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 track's called One by Cleo Soul. S-O-L. Um, this track caught me by surprise because it starts off very soulful and has like a nice little uh piano chord progression. Then you get this nasty drop, and the the track gets so funky, but easy and soulful. It's fantastic. Also has one of my favorite drum breaks in it of all time, which is the Attention drum break from the band Head West. You might know this from the track, uh, let's see, um, Bloodstained by Uncle, U-N-K-L-E. Or even, I know Tyler the Creator was using it recently. Uh, but not as creatively. Look, no shade of Tyler, but you know that's a very that's a sacred break, and you should use it properly. And in this one, you know they don't do too bad of a job with it. So this is Cleo Soul with one. Shout out to Tyler, the creator's work on the uh, soundtrack for the Netflix movie The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Did, did a good did a good job. With he that did the soundtrack for that. Yeah, and it was really good. Actually, my kids are obsessed. Um, anyways, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.